I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 24 and I'm talking about boys today. If you read my blog Stories of an Unschooling Family, you might think that it's uh, a very girly blog. Yes, I write a lot of stories about my four youngest girls. Uh, Imogen's 20, Charlotte's 17, Sophie's 13, and Gemma Rose just turned 11. And though I occasionally do write posts about my older boys, it can seem like I'm just uh, unschooling girls. But yes, I do have two boys. Well, I actually have three boys. Thomas died 15 years ago, but I guess he didn't need any bringing up. But um, I have brought up and educated two boys. Duncan, who is now 26, and Callum, who just turned 23 yesterday. So I've got a bit of experience with boys, though I don't often write about them. I wasn't blogging when they were younger, so I guess they've missed out on a lot of potential stories. But I guess I could go back, think about what things were like when my boys were younger and share a few things with you. And somebody asked that particular question today on my blog. I posted, oh, actually it was on Facebook. I posted a question, uh, what shall I talk about in my podcast this week? I'm a bit stuck for ideas. And one reader very kindly stopped by to say she'd like to hear more about boys. So that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to be talking about unschooling boys. When I say that I'm going to be talking about unschooling boys, I have to be honest and say that I didn't unschool my boys totally. They, because they're older, they had quite a lot of experiments performed upon them. We unschooled to start with, we went off on various other tracks along the way, including Charlotte Mason, uh, classical method, study units, yes. They had quite a few things tried out upon them before I decided that it was much better just to listen to them. So they got the tail end of unschooling. But as young adults and as previously as teenagers, I think that the way of unschooling in relationships has been an enormous advantage to us that we have a very good relationship because of the way that we mutually respect and trust one another. And yeah, I think they know that they're loved unconditionally. So I think that, yeah, there's still some unschooling aspects to our relationship, even though they weren't unschooled all the way. Now, it's the day after Ash Wednesday here in Australia, Thursday, the day that I post this podcast. I must admit that I'm a bit uh, bit behind, a bit stuck for ideas, actually. I'm sort of sitting here thinking, can I record this quickly? Will it be interesting? Uh, can I get a podcast up this week? But I want to talk a bit more about the future of my podcast towards the end of this one. What I want to do today is just, yeah, see how we go with boys. And today being Thursday, the day after Ash Wednesday, it's also the day after my son Callum's 23rd birthday. Yeah, he turned 23 yesterday, Ash Wednesday. And because we observe Lent, Ash Wednesday is a day of fasting and abstaining from meat. Um, Not a particularly good day for having a birthday. So yet today we had birthday cake. Callum came over. We had a bit of family time together. 
For my son Callum, he moved out of home a couple of weeks ago, and this is his first real visit back, so that was quite exciting as well, adjusting to a new phase in our relationship. So I guess this is a good day to be talking about boys, because I've got my mind on Callum. Yeah, so you see how we go with a few of the memories and ideas that I can come up with for uh, how I brought up Callum and Duncan, who is Duncan's the oldest. Of course, I also have a third son, Thomas, but as I said, he died 15 years ago. And it does look like we have uh, our four youngest children, our girls. And it's been rather good for the fact of um, relationships between my girls. I have Imogen and Soph um, Charlotte are very close, and so are Sophie and Gemma Rose. We call them the older girls and the younger girls. But actually, between the two sets of girls, that's Thomas's position. So it's a bit deceptive. And sometimes I wonder what life would have been like if uh, Thomas had lived, being the only boy there amongst all those girls. I don't guess it really matters, because whatever happens is always perfect. But yeah, sometimes I do imagine. been in a boy mood for another reason this week and that was because yesterday I went to our regular homeschool uh, support meeting and the, a special meeting had been called to discuss a code of con conduct for all the members of the homeschool group. The mothers wanted to put together a document with guidelines that would ensure the smooth running of the group. Such things as how are our children expected to be behave at the meetings? What is acceptable behavior and what is not? And if there is a conflict, how are they going to be resolved? And what if a mother isn't happy with how her child is treated? These are all things that uh, came up yesterday and we discussed. And the thought went through my mind and actually... Uh, spoke about it is that it's very easy for me being an older mother with my youngest child 11 to be a member of such a group and it's unlikely that my children are going to be the cause of any conflict the mothers that have the most problems are the ones that have little boys you know, energy packed little boys who want to play uh, stick games and yeah so it's, it's some sometimes the mothers disagree on what is acceptable play sometimes little girls complain about the boys yeah i don't have any children in that age group anymore so yeah i can go to a meeting and relax i don't have to keep going outside and checking up on my children i trust that they they're fine yeah i i have total trust with, with all my children, two are teenagers and one's 11 years old so i mean it's just as well that i can trust them by that age but I do remember a time when I found it very difficult to go to any sort of meeting with other mothers with their children because my eldest son, Duncan, he was, I would say, a different child. I think that if he'd gone to school, they would have probably given him some kind of label to explain his behavior. But what I think it is that he's an individual. He's just different from the average child and going to a group with other children he never wanted to conform to the group he never wanted to play the game in the way that he was supposed to play it he always had his own ideas about things I remember going to a drama group and we all sat around in a circle and all the children were supposed to do a particular action or say something in particular get up and do a little imp impromptu performance 
Well, my son didn't even want to sit in the group. He just wanted to walk around the room, and he had his own game going on in his mind, and he was perfectly happy. But that wasn't acceptable for the other people in the group. The other mothers expected him to sit still and be part of the group and do what he was told. And he quite often wouldn't do what we all wanted him to do, and it made me feel very bad as a mother. The other mothers thought that I didn't discipline him enough, I wasn't firm enough with him, that I should have made him come and sit down and do what he was told. It caused a lot of anxiety for me, and I was very reluctant to go to such meetings. I actually even got frustrated and upset with my own son because I thought, well, he's making this very difficult for me to socialize with the other parents. They all think I'm a very bad mother. And I used to say to him, why can't you behave just once for me? So make it my life a bit easier. I don't think it was anything to do with behaving badly. He wasn't a badly behaved boy at all. He was just different. He just wanted to be allowed to be himself. It was me who had the problem. It was inconvenient for me because I wanted to be accepted by these women. I wanted to be thought of as a good mother. So I really do think it takes a lot of courage for us to let our children be who they are if it's something different from the norm. My son Duncan, he we sort of coped with that when he was younger. But at a later stage, I imagine he was about 12, 13, Someone advised me to, again, to make him conform, make him to be like all the other boys, get him out there on the football field when he didn't wasn't really a footballer, to just to be like all the other boys. Uh, he, uh, the person who told me said that I wasn't doing him any favors by letting him be who he was, that he would get on a lot better in society if he was like everybody else, and... So I thought about this and thought I'd give it a go. So I sat Duncan down, I explained what we were going to do and how it would be easier for him in the long run if he learnt to be like everybody else, learnt how to fit in with people, he'd get find his place in the world easier. And he agreed, he decided he would try. So he got out there on the football field and he did everything that I wanted him to do. He was just, yeah, I don't think I would have uh, agreed to, to go against what I am like as easily as he did. But after a while, I just looked at him and I thought, well, he's, that's not the way he really is. He's just trying to please me. And I let him be who he was, which uh, for a long time I didn't even know if that was right. But it's what I decided to do. I just let him be who he was. I gave up trying to make him like everybody else. And the truth is that we're not all the same. I don't think it is about conforming so that we're all yeah, conforming to the norm, that people who are different have different gifts, they're unique, they have something different to give the world. And I do believe they'll find their place in the world, even though it may be more difficult for them, that that's the way they were made. If you think about it in terms of who made them. God made them. He made them perfectly. And I think that he has a perfect plan for them. It just takes a lot of trust to keep believing that, you know, my son, he'll find his way in the world because God made him perfectly. I don't have to change him. But I think there are a few things we can do to help our children who are different. And that is, there's no doubt that they're going to have to interact with the world. They're going to have to talk to people, get on with people, 
people sometimes misunderstand them. They they have to learn the, the social skills, the, the what is normal in in life as as far as social etiquette goes, and so to teach a child how to converse, how to take an interest in other people, how to put themselves at their own interests second sometimes and do things that they don't really want to do because it is just a kind and um, good thing to do. So they have the skills to negotiate themselves through various social situations. Um, So some kind of skills I think is necessary and so I have tried to do that. I don't know if I've done a perfect job. I don't think I have and sometimes I worry a little bit that I could have done a little bit more. But as an adult, my son still is working on his own social skills. He's taking himself off to groups like Toastmasters to practice his, the way he converses, to be more outgoing, to have social contact with, uh, with other people. very little boys I remember that my boys were just so much more full-on than my girls yeah full of energy energy packed on the go from the time they got up to the time they went to bed they weren't able to sit still for very long they ran everywhere you know, constantly uh, worrying about whether they're going to collide into people whether they're going to knock things over and I think that's just boys <laughs> Girls, I well, my girls have been very different to that. They're a lot more peaceful, and they yeah, they do walk places. I got used to dealing with accidents. Um, boys like things like sticks, and I think that's natural. They like playing gun games, even if they haven't got any. They like to play with sticks. They have a great time. They're just um, that's just the way they are. Now, as the type of person I still am in a way, I don't like looking at injuries. Someone shrieks their head off and has said they haven't had an accident. I'm really reluctant to go over and have a look and see what the damage is. And as a mother, I've had to deal with that. I've had to let go of my fear of seeing you know, what I'm going to have to deal with. And so, yeah, quite a few times having boys, I've had to deal with injuries. We don't do it anymore because my sons are adults, but we have been down to the casualty department of the hospital many times broken bones, split heads, d- dislocated shoulders, that sort of thing. I think my boys just grin and say, well, you know, that's just part of growing up and it probably is for boys. I'm really quite surprised that Callum has made it to adulthood. He had so many accidents. I thought he was going to die years ago. He just fell down st- steep steps. He escaped out of the house and walked down the centre of a busy road. Uh, he nearly drowned because he fell off uh, into a, a lagoon at the beach unexpectedly and really quickly, even though we were close by. All these sort of accidents happened with us on the scene, so we can't say we weren't watching, but boys are slippery creatures and things happen very fast. And, yeah, they cause a lot of worry, but my two have survived adulthood, so that's one good thing. Now, with the being energy-packed, I think hand-in-hand with that is that boys need lots of exercise, not lots of ways to work off all that energy. And I can remember Duncan had a a trampoline phase. He would 
bounce on the trampoline for hour after hour after hour in the afternoon. You'd go out there after lunchtime, you'd still be there just before dinner time, and they certain, had a certain need for doing that exercise. After his trampoline phase, he had a bike phase, and he would ride round and around the house, round and round and round, and later on, he swapped bike riding for pacing. He'd pace up and down our driveway. And it was a very long driveway. He'd go down and he'd turn around and come back and he'd compose stories and other things along the way, have a good old think while he was doing it. I never thought much of it at the time. I just thought, oh, well, there's Duncan outside pacing up and down. What I didn't realize was, well, I did realize, but it didn't occur to me that it was a problem. He was pacing past our neighbor's window because we were on a, what's called a battle axe block. Our driveway went right past the first house, and our house was actually off the road at the back. And so Duncan would pass past our neighbor's house window, and then back again, and back again, a million times in an afternoon, afternoon, after afternoon, after afternoon. And I guess I should have been a bit more perceptive and realized that this might be a problem to our neighbor. But she never actually said anything until after we moved out, and I, was come, I came back to our old house. Uh, for some particular reason and she invited me in for coffee and we got chatting and we got to talking about Duncan walking up and down the driveway and she said oh she just pulled down the blind every time he was doing his pacing because uh, so that she wouldn't see him and I thought oh dear he was a bother to her and I hadn't realized that she wasn't nasty about it and I wish in a way that I had um, realized that because it must have been a bit of a bother. Anyway, Duncan's still walking every afternoon. He goes for a long bush walk now. He doesn't pace up and down. He just goes down the main fire trail for a long, long way and then walks back up the big hill, back home again. And it that does him for his exercise. Callum was a bike person too. Mountain biking, he, he likes that. Uh, more recently, he's a gym person, which he sh shares that interest with my husband. They go to the gym together. I do a bit of muscle work. Haven't been able to persuade Callum to come running with us, so I think that would be something I'd like to do with him. But he and my husband, my husband comes running sometimes, but they prefer the gym, so I haven't been able to persuade them to come with us and the girls. Now, a mother with boys left this comment on my Facebook page. She says, I will never have days of watching Jane Austen with my kids, so what do you do with the boys? And I guess a lot of my blog posts have been about the fun I have with my girls sharing our common interests of Jane Austen and various other girly things. And yes, it's quite true. I've never been able to persuade our boys to watch Jane Austen. If we're having a Jane Austen mood, they usually roll their eyes and say bonnet drama and they disappear. But there's been various other things that we have been able to share. All the boys have enjoyed Shakespeare. We've um, we've had some great times reading Shakespeare out aloud. I can remember Callum always enjoyed taking the main lead, uh, especially for the tragedies. Characters like Macbeth, he reveled in uh, pretending he was Macbeth and trying to put on the Scottish accent. And so, yes, the boys were very much into Shakespeare and it was something that we could all enjoy. Another thing we all enjoyed was Gilbert and Sullivan. I think they are uh, yeah, appealing to both boys and girls, lots of pirates and sailors and various other characters which boys can identify with as well as the girls. 
And also because Gilbert and Sullivan is singing as well, Callum is a singer, just like my husband Andy and our girls. So he has sung in the choir with Andy and the girls, a couple of choirs actually, and he's actually done a few of his uh, classical singing voice exams. So that's something else that they have been able to share. But um, obviously there's boy things which I'm not interested in. So how, do, how did I get over that? Well, I think that I have to take an interest in whatever my boys like. It's no good just confining my relationships with my boys to things that I like or the things that the girls like. I have to go out of my way to take an interest in whatever the boys are doing, whatever they like. I think that's true of everybody. It does us all good to see the other side, to um, take an interest in other people, even though they're different from us. Which uh, I didn't say, but going back to when Duncan was uh, a little boy and the, the group of mothers and children that I used to belong to, how difficult it was for him to join in with that group. They weren't accepted by both children and mothers. I think that I had to do some sort of adjustment with him, help him conform to the group maybe a little. But I also think it's important for other people to be accepting of children who are different and of mothers to support those mothers because the group isn't just for mothers with average children. I think it does us all good to look at um, people and if they're different from us, to take an interest in them anyway and to help them become part of the group. But back to my interest with the boys. Callum's big interest is cars. He likes working on them, working how they go. He wants to uh, restore old cars. He's done a few welding courses. Metal fabrication is what he'd like to do next. And this is not really my interest at all. A car to me is something to get from place A to place B. I don't even want to put the petrol in the car. But... I know exactly what to say when Callum shows me a new spare part. I, yeah, it's rather a joke with us now. He shows me something and I, I, uh, ask all the right questions and my eyes light up as if it's, you know, it's a dress that's come out of the packet. <laughs> and he knows I'm genuinely, I, um, I genuinely am interested. That, yes, sometimes I, I, yeah, I react like it is uh, a new dress for myself and he grins at me. He knows I'm making a real big effort to see his spare part as he sees it. Yes, yeah, so supporting our boys' interests, whether I share them or not, I think that's very important. be very different and my two boys are very very different they look different they have different interests they act different and what this has taught me is that well it has reinforced that each of us has very unique qualities that are equally important both of my sons are equally important to me I love them equally but they're both very very different and it's taught the boys to respect differences and to accept each other so the sort of lessons that I think that other people could learn about accepting my son, my own son has had to accept his brother. They don't always see eye to eye, but they do accept each other. They've learned to get along with each other. Uh, I think a lot of that's to do with having to share a bedroom. 
I remember at one point Callum came to me after he'd had some sort of upset with Duncan and said he couldn't live with him a moment longer. He had to have a place of his own. I don't know other families have rearranged the bedrooms to make things easier when these sort of conflicts occur, but we had no choice because two boys and more more girls, we, we could only ever afford to have one bedroom as a boys' room. There wasn't any spare room in our house that would allow a boy to have a, a bedroom of his own. So I just told the boys that I sympathised, but we had no alternative. They just had to get on with one another. And they have got on with with each other. As I said, Callum moved out of home a couple of weeks ago. But before he did that, he and Duncan lived in the same room for 23 years. So I guess they did manage to put up with each other. Especially as both boys could have moved out of home a long time ago. But they chose not to. They chose to stay with each other, stay living at home. So I guess they're... Yeah, we do learn to tolerate each other if we have to. As you know, I'm a girl mum, but I'm also a boy mum. And being a boy mum is very different from being a girl mum. I remember when I was pregnant with my first child, I really wanted the baby to be a girl. I'd grown up with two sisters. My brother had joined the family after I left home when I was at university. And even though I loved him dearly, well, I still do love him dearly, I'd grown up in a household of girls. And I really had this urge to have a a relationship with a daughter. I'd pass on all the, the womanly things to her. My grandmother had four boys, and my mother-in-law had three boys, and they didn't have a girl between them. And both of them would have loved a girl. They both said they would have loved a girl. And I had this idea that maybe I would only have boys too, probably because I wanted a girl so much that I'd end up only having boys. But I've ended up having five girls, which is far beyond what I ever imagined. And I love each and every one of those girls very, very much. But that doesn't mean I don't love my boys, because I love them just as much as well. And when I started out as a mother, I really couldn't imagine being a boy mother, not having been brought up with boys. And it has been a real learning experience. But I'm so glad that I have had the opportunity to be a boy mum as well as a girl mum. So having boys is different to girls, not only in their personalities, their amount of energy, but also in the way they love me. The relationship we have is a different one from the relationship I have with my girls. Sometimes I look at my boys and they're tall, they're much taller than me. And I look up at them and I think, wow, I'm in awe of of them. How did I ever produce such fine young men? It's a totally different feeling to looking at another woman. And I'm sure they love me as much as the girls love me, but in a very different way. It's more of a protective way, an uncomplicated way. Yeah, very different from girl love. I'm so glad I got both, because I don't think either one of them is better than the other. I remember when my boys outgrew me, Duncan especially, I, I remember a particular incident where it came home to me that he was no longer uh, a boy. He had grown past me. I can remember I had a bad day one day and I can't remember at all what had gone wrong. I only remember the feelings, being frustrated with him. I don't know what he had done, but I wanted to wag my finger at him and, and tell him how he had made me feel. 
And so I did. I got my finger and I was wagging it away and saying, this is how you're making me feel. And I was actually having to look up at him and it didn't feel right. And I said to him, Duncan, could you kneel down, please, so I can see you eye to eye while I'm telling you off? So he, he grinned at me and he kneeled down and I started all over again with what I wanted to say to him. Um, but it was really funny because I couldn't, the, the feeling of tension just dissipated immediately. We both started laughing and yeah, that tension disappeared completely and I realized we'd moved on to a new phase. Um, yeah, so it's quite a, quite a, a wonderful feeling to look up at a son who used to be a baby in my arms. Yeah, where did the time go? It's also a wonderful feeling to be hugged by a grown son, to have them lean down and enfold me in their arms. I mean, that's just uh, remarkable. I don't think sons ever get too old for love. They don't get too old for hugs. We have I have a very good relationship with my sons. They'll kiss me, they'll hug me, uh, they'll do nice little things for me, they'll look after me, drive me places, uh, treat me very special. I can remember one day when Callum came home from work and he'd had a particularly bad day. I would wrote about it in one of my blog posts. He was, at the time, a trainee manager for the Audi grocery store. He was in charge of the store. And one of his customers uh, came up to him and she was an old lady and she'd been shopping by herself. She'd left her husband in the car while she did the shopping and she came up and said that there was something wrong with her husband down in the car. And when Callum went down to investigate, he discovered that the husband had actually died while he was waiting in the car for his wife. And as you can imagine, it's a very traumatic experience. It's very traumatic for a young man in charge of a store. And when he got home that night, he dealt with it. He had to ring the police. He had to deal with the woman and her feelings and show her empathy, deal with other customers and his staff and the police, work it all out, write the incident report. When he got home, he was just overwhelmed by it all, very, very tired. And he sat down and told me about it. And then I gave him a big hug. And he said that something along the lines of that the hug was fantastic. He needed a hug. Sons never get too old for hugs, I don't think. So I don't know whether I have talked much about unschooling and boys, but I've related a few stories of my own boys. And I'll think about this subject a bit more maybe and write some blog posts specific to boys. So I hope that you've enjoyed hearing a little bit more about my boys instead of my girls for a change. Yeah, I've been thinking a bit about my podcast this morning when I posted on my Facebook page. I really had no idea what I wanted to talk about today. And nothing sort of struck me. And I get very, very little feedback about these podcasts. Are people finding them interesting or useful? Occasionally I do get a, a comment, which I have appreciated very much. But things like oh, I would like to know is if I only posted a podcast once a fortnight, would that be more acceptable? Or once a month, would once a month be enough to listen to my stories about unschooling? Or do people really do want to listen every week? I don't know. If anybody would like to stop by and tell me, 
that would be very, very helpful because I really don't want to impose a weekly podcast if nobody has time to listen to them and is not really interested but would like to catch up maybe once a fortnight, once a month. And so that brings me to the end of my podcast for this week. I thank um, the, the ladies this morning who uh, gave me an idea for the podcast today. I would like you to invite, invite you to go and visit that Facebook page. It's called Sue Elvis Writes. Please come over and join my community, my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family. Maybe I'll uh, dip into the archive and see if I can find some boy posts because there are some there hidden amongst all the girl ones. If you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do that on iTunes. And I thank you very much for listening today and I'll be back soon with another podcast. But until then, trust, respect and love unconditionally.